Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goat. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's enough. That's enough. It has been an amazing year. And so uh, I'm really excited about this episode and sharing with you some of the uh, amazing things that have happened. And um, I'm hoping that uh, you'll get some cool stuff uh, out of this. And uh, yeah, I really, really appreciate uh, all of the listeners for the Leader Bite. Uh, and I hope to really take this to another level next year. So, first of all, I want to say this particular interview is uncomfortable for me because I decided to let you interview me. Uh, usually, I'm interviewing folks, and I decided that with this interview, anything would be on the table. And so, secondly, thanks so much for all the questions. Wow, man. Uh, they really caused me to think, and I spent some time mulling over every one of them. Uh, I hope that you're going to stick with me. I wasn't sure who would find this episode interesting, um, but I appreciate everybody who messaged and told me you were looking forward to it. So that is uh, that's very encouraging. Um, I think I've shared some stuff that maybe people can relate to, and I've tried my very best to give everyone who asked a question a shout out. Uh, if I missed one of you guys, if I miss your names, please hit me up. I promise to include it in the next episode. So let's dive in. Uh, one year, one year has passed since I stayed up literally in tears worrying about dying. Yes, that's right, dying. Um, I had stepped on the scale and weighed in at almost 300 pounds. And to be clear, I, I just want to say the idea or the process of dying, yes, yeah, certainly that's uncomfortable. Um, that doesn't scare me, though, in the sense of like eternity or where I believe I'll end up um, after I die someday. Um, my faith is pretty strong in that respect, but it was the consequences of dying that left me shaken and really just made me want to change the way I was living and the way I was doing things. Uh, my parents both died in their 50s, and so, uh, Lord willing, I will not leave my son in that same situation. So, uh, it was December 26th last year, I stepped on the scale, weighed in at almost 300 pounds, and I simply said, absolutely no more, I gotta get control of this, I have to get control. And so, now I weigh about 225, it can fluctuate um, up or down 5 pounds, uh, depending on uh, what I've been up to, I'm sure for the holidays I've I've gained a little bit. Um, this is normal, uh, which to some I know that 225 pounds sounds like a lot. Um, of course, I will continue to work on all this. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Uh, my goal was initially to lose 100 pounds in a year, so in a sense, I have failed. Um, but I still win. And I keep telling people, you know, one of the things, the strongest lesson I've learned this year is that consistency is a win. Consistency is a win. It's not about numbers. A friend told me, you know, it's really more just about health and wellness. And uh, I agree with that. And it's about being consistent. And so whatever your goal is, consistency is going to be the key. Anyway, so 365 days later, here I am. I keep a notebook of everything. I mean, I absolutely keep a notebook of stuff. And um, 
And so I'm going to share some stats with you here in a few minutes. Uh, I actually ask my gym regularly for printouts, and I know I know that I get on their nerves. But, um, uh, for example, uh, I've been to the gym 266 times this year. <laughs> I thought it was going to be more. I was disappointed at first. Uh, but anyway, I'll do better next year. And I don't know, there was just a thing with me and bananas this year. And so I ate a half a banana every morning. Um, and uh, as I'm going to the gym, drink a lot of water and it's just kind of a thing for me. So that equaled out to about 133 bananas. <laughs> and I also eat oatmeal three days a week. Uh, the people at work laugh at me because, um, I'm just, I'm kind of getting over oatmeal and I'm trying to find new and exciting ways to make oatmeal tasty and wonderful. But that's 156 bowls of oatmeal. So, uh, take a lot of pics, um, just to try and document things. Um, but anyway, so here we go. Uh, one year down, many more to go. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's get into some of the statistics here. <laughs> some statistics for you. Here we go. So... I have visited the gym 266 times this year and 13 visits to other fitness centers or other gyms. For example, the Y. Uh, I was down in Florida, traveling through Florida, and I went to the Y. And um, yeah, it's just important for consistency to do what you do every day if you can. Uh, I even organized a fitness center meetup at one of my favorite conferences that I go to. I'm actually on a board with some really cool folks. Uh, my friend Christy Orrett at Texas A&M. Shout out to Christy. Good friend who encourages me. We serve on a board together. But anyway, uh, we both uh, in fitness is something that's important to us. And so uh, organized a fitness center meetup and uh, because it's important for that whole consistency thing uh, to, to just hang in there and to do it and to not give up. And I'll tell you what, this holiday break is killing me because I've not been able to stay in my routines and I've become a creature of habit, I think. So um, let's see. Let's look at some more. That's um, ah, some more of these stats here. 266 visits to the gym. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, now, I told you that I record data. Um, initially, I wasn't recording miles, so it's probably way more miles than this. Um, but... 1,988 total miles of cardio since I started recording the data, or what I refer to as the FATA. I'm uh, trying to get rid of my fat, and I am not a cardio snob, so I count anything that keeps the heart up and automatically counts miles. So that's treadmills, elliptical, cycling, stationary bike, etc., etc., also, that's roughly 11,970 minutes at the gym, a little over a third of those uh, of that cardio uh, of my cardio is actually at the gym. So um, almost 70 pounds lost. And let's see, 10 belt hole loops. Um, I'm down 10 belt holes and that's, uh, over my favorite brown belt. And I get people give me a really hard time at work telling me I need a new belt. I'm just kind of attached, emotionally attached to the belt, but I just can't wear it anymore. So good news. I got belts for Christmas. So I'm excited about that. Um, let's see zero. 
um, holes, belt holes left. Uh, I should have said belt holes earlier. Zero belt holes left on my favorite black belt. And so that one is no longer effective. But again, got belts for Christmas. I'm down four pant sizes. Um, well, it depends on it's four pant sizes in jeans and two to three pant sizes probably in khakis. Depends on the pair, and you know the brand and all of that. So uh, it's just uh, this is kind of a thing. Four hamburgers since last December, and you must understand. I know that that that's kind of a funny fact. It's kind of an odd fact to share, but I just have to say that um, I love cheeseburgers and hamburgers. But I also realize that it, the uh, nothing against anybody who's a meat eater out there. I love steak and burgers and things like that, but. Hamburgers in particular are a temptation, and also hamburgers, the beef just kind of makes me feel bad sometimes, and so I decided to eliminate that as much as I could. I've had one hot dog since December. Um, I typically do two cardio sessions a day of some kind, so I may spend some time on the treadmill uh, or the elliptical or you know, cycling, um, stationary bike, whatever. Um, let's see. I, I had two falls up the stairs this year. Yes, I fell up the stairs. Uh, I had one really bad case of tennis elbow. Uh, just kind of had to work through that. I had one tailbone injury. Also had to work through that. Uh, I have here one million cups of coffee. Okay, maybe maybe that's an exaggeration. Um, I went from, I'm thinking in sport coat size here, suit, suit coat um, size. I went from a 56 to a 47 uh, in sport coat size. And my neck size went from a 19 and a half to a 17 or 17 and a half. It really just depends. One of the things I've kind of been interested in is that, you know, I had a, I just had a huge double, triple chin when I started this. And that was one of the first things to go. And I've heard from several people that that's one of the last things to go for a lot of people. Um, but anyway, so I don't know, I don't really know why that happened. But anyway, those are just some stats. I've got more stats. I, like I said, I keep a notebook of all sorts of things, but that's just important for me. So I might get into that a, a little bit more in a moment. But um, anyway, back to the podcast, back to the interview, back to your interview of me. So like I said, this, this idea for this episode was really to wrap up the first year of my weight loss journey with some introspection and to kind of do that aloud and to include some faithful friends and family and connections and everyone from social media who has just really been great and stuck with me throughout the weight loss process. And uh, this is still a process, it's an ongoing process. But as a part of that, uh, as a part of all of this, while that was going on, I also spent the year trying to actively knock out some things on my life list. Um, I think I got hair on my microphone. Let me get that off. Um, actively knock out some things on my life list. And so, you know, I just, I, look, I was thinking and I, I just decided I never wanted to look back and say, wow, I wish I had done this or that. And I have some, you know, special thoughts of appreciation at the end. I'm also going to talk about a few of those experiences at the end of the questions um, and tell you one thing that I learned about each place that I worked or at least a few of the places that I worked. And um, I'm going to give you... Um, you know, just kind of, just kind of share with you where I'm coming from with all this. So let's dive into your questions. My friend, Sean Worley, Sean Worley sent a question in and he said, your waist, weight loss, <laughs> waist loss, I guess it's the same thing. Your weight loss is uh, definitely quite an accomplishment. Well, what are some of the more less obvious benefits you've realized throughout the process? Hmm. I would say more confidence, more confidence in the sense that I followed through with something that was important to me and I look back and I'm like, wow, 
I can do this. <laughs> and honestly, I've gained um, just a ton of knowledge just by studying because the more you get into something, the more you dive into something, the more interested you are. And so you start looking and reading about it. And I think that really helps a lot. I started following a lot of really cool people on social media. Um, there's a guy, his name is obese to beast on Instagram, just a super humble guy um, who's really lost a drastic amount of weight, um, but he's done it all the right way. And so, I mean, it's a challenge. Um, probably just really also truly realizing that more than anything when it comes to weight loss specifically, it's really just about hard work. And it's, it's about burning more calories than you're consuming. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science, but sometimes we treat it like it's rocket science. Uh, sometimes we just, you know, we're humans and we make things more complicated than they should be. So anyway, um, Mary Little, Mary Little, uh, you have mentioned in the past that you feel you are addicted to food. How did you address this aspect during the journey? Hmm, I think I had to strike a balance between seeing food as both the mortal enemy <laughs> and also as a friend. Um, there were some foods I just had to stay away from, fast food in general. It, it is so good. I love the taste of fast food. Um, but it can be really bad for you. You could, you, you know, you can say, I'm going to make some good choices when I go through the drive through. Um, and I still do that. Um, I, I travel a lot. I mean, I commute to work every day. And so there are some places, though, that I just had to determine were off limits. Um, a drive through can be enemy territory for me. <laughs> but in another sense, um, I mentioned studying and really trying to learn about food earlier. Um, but food, is really our friend. It's not our enemy. And an addiction to food is, it's sort of a bear to deal with because it's not like addiction to other things that you can totally eliminate from your life. You know, some people get addicted to tobacco or they're addicted to alcohol or, um, or, you know, spending too much money and those types of things. And those are things that you can actually cut out of your life completely. But we can't cut food out of our lives completely. And so it's viewing food and different types of food as necessary. For example, also just having a different perspective. Not all carbs are bad. You know, one of the questions I get all the time is, ooh, how'd you cut out all the carbs? Definitely try to cut out carbs that are unnecessary. Uh, breads are, are, are total, um, total temptations for me, any kind of bread. But not all carbs are bad. And for that matter, eating carbs in general is not bad. In fact, all types of food are incredibly important for our bodies, uh, whether we're trying to gain weight or lose it, uh, just in general, just being healthy. All the food types, um, our food groups are important. And so just general rule of staying away from grocery stores <laughs> and trying to go through, and when I have to go to a grocery store, I seriously, I do this conscience thing. Um, I try to go through a self-checkout at the grocery store so I can get in and get out quickly. Um, they call those foods that are sitting by the registers impulse items for reasons. And so there's like all this candy and chips and all these different things uh, that could be temptations. And so I really just want to get in and get out. Uh, how did you fit fitness into a nine to five job? Well, that one's simple. I had to learn that I had to get up earlier in the morning. So I get up at 5 a.m. every morning. Uh, I haven't done that for the holiday break. But in general, uh, my family will tell you I get up at 5 a.m. every morning so I can get to the gym and then get to work. And Because I, li I like to get to work early anyway. Um, I like to do things early and be get there earlier. Um, but I had to get up early. And I'll tell you, 
I was not a morning person when I started all this. When I started, I actually began this process uh, trying out the evenings at the gym. But then I realized all I kept thinking about was that I needed to be home with my family or that I had things I needed to take care of or a podcast episode to record or, or whatever. And so evenings just weren't working and there was too much guilt involved. and too much, I was overthinking it. And so I just decided I needed to add time earlier in my schedule. Nancy Hamilton and Lisa Moffat had similar questions, and so um, I basically combined those. So it's basically, what nuggets of wisdom would you tell your younger self? And first of all, I would say to my younger self, please, Chester, stay fit, stay active. You know, I, I was never uh, all that coordinated. I'm still not all that coordinated. Uh, never really, a, you know, an athlete. I, my son is a natural athlete. I am not. Uh, but I never gained a lot of weight growing up. I had a, a that youthful metabolism, and so I would encourage my younger self to just find some things to stay active, things that things that I enjoy. And I think overall, I would probably still be addicted to food in a sense, uh, sort of intrinsic. But remaining in shape would have helped a lot. And then the biggest and most important thing I would say to a younger me is to be confident in who you are. Never let anybody look down on you. Just don't even pay any attention to any of that. Don't listen to the negativity, all that noise. It's just noise. Life gets better. Stop caring about what other people think, other, other than God, of course. And I wouldn't worry too much about the criticisms of others. It is just not worth it. Okay, so Tara Beathy from Nebraska says, Chester, what's your favorite type of Christmas cookie? Well, I love cookies uh, of most types, but I will just say, you know, it's nothing extravagant. I like plain, I like plain sugar cookies. I'm the kind of guy who likes cookies like biscotti. I love those little cookies that they give you on planes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just cookies that are mild, things that are mild, pastries that are mild. And I love those things with coffee. But um, my wife does make these raspberry cookies, uh, which um, they have this little dollop of raspberry in the middle. And those are kind of special. And so I, I really like those as far as like a Christmas time cookie. Um, and then the next question was, what songs remind you of your parents? Well, my parents played music. Uh, my mom played the guitar. My dad played the guitar, the banjo harmonica. Um, they sang together. Uh, I remember nights by the fire, literally at their friends' houses, and they always seemed to get around to singing this particular song. And it's a John Denver song um, from his album Back Home Again. It's a title cut called Back Home Again. It just, uh, you know, it just brings back a flood of memories for me when things were simpler and friends spent a lot of time together and it just, uh, you know, it was without all the technology and the social media. Music was just sort of a way of life. You know, people came, got together. You know, people still get together a lot about food, especially if you live in the South. You know what I'm talking about. It says food is a social thing. But back then, music was a social thing for my family. And um, my family listened to a ton of bluegrass music. My dad was a military guy. He was a Marine and a mechanic by trade and loved bluegrass music. And I think he had a dream maybe of being a bluegrass star someday. I think I sort of got my, my dream 
meanness from my dad. But anyway, John Denver's Hey, It's Good to Be Back Home Again, and then Anything Bluegrass. Um, I hope to see Alison Krauss one day um, in concert. I just she That brings back a lot of memories for me as well. But I can't listen to John Denver or any type of bluegrass um, without thinking of my parents. When I hear bluegrass, I think of them, and I'd like to think that they'd be proud of me where I am today um just being consistent <laughs> not that i've done all these great things i haven't done all these great things but just seeing the consistency i think my mom i like to think she would have been proud okay so amanda dodson from tennessee asks hey chester when do you plan to run for office i want a sign for my yard oh my friend uh oh my goodness there was a time that i planned on running for a state office but, you know, uh, time and then experience working as a congressional staffer and seeing how all that stuff works um, uh, sort of tempered that. Uh, and then my mom got sick and I just kind of let that <laughs> let that go. And I'm kind of glad that I did. Um, I don't think I would ever do that. Uh, but I would love to be maybe I would be like a chief of staff for somebody and kind of help them, you know, advise or, you know, things like that. I think that would be fun. But um Lately, I have been thinking more and more about running for school board or county commission in my local community, just trying to make some positive differences and things like that. But that would be way down the road or just whenever. I, I don't know. But it's nothing I, I would look at uh, immediately. But my first instinct instinct was just a big LOL. No way. <laughs> but who knows? We'll see. All right. Diane Fritz Glover. How have you managed to have all these goals and give each of them attention? It overwhelms me to think about uh, tackling all of them at once with kids and work, et cetera. Well, it's funny you say that, Diane, about being overwhelmed because I think I feel overwhelmed a lot. Um, but I think, I think for me, being overwhelmed some is better than allowing my health to deteriorate. And I, I started, you know, started telling people you kind of have to just find a groove. Starting is huge. Uh, picking one goal and then, or a thing that you're going after and starting from wherever you are at the moment is very important. I, but I, I read this really great book recently by John Acuff. Uh, you may have heard of him. He's, he got, he kind of got famous or well known from stuff Christians like. Um, and then he also has a book called Do Over, et cetera. But, um, let's see. His last book, Finish uh, really made a huge impact on me, and I get the audio book, and so I've listened to it more than once. But um, starting is important, but finishing is even more important. And it's about giving your goals your attention, and starting with one, giving that attention, finding a groove, getting into the groove, and then starting the next goal and fitting that in, and finding a groove. And I don't know; it's a hard one to answer, but. Um, I think, you know, and then, you know, about having kids and things like that, I think it's important for our kids to see us chase our dreams um, and our goals. And I think it's more important for them to see us finishing things. Um, they need to see us follow through. Uh, it's a good lesson in itself for our kids. So Missy Emmerich from Union City, how have you come across all these opportunities? Uh, and I got to say, honestly, I just made a list of things I wanted to try. And then I started keeping my eyes peeled and really actively seeking and also just communicating to family and friends that these are some things I'd like to try. And so some some really were curiosities and others were pursuits or goals or dreams that I've always had. But um, I just started throwing it out there really uh, to friends and, and, and then friends and acquaintances started approaching me back with opportunities. And 
you know, I, I guess I've learned that people cannot help you with what they do not know. And so you kind of have to throw it out there if there's something you're interested in doing. And people, people are listening. People are paying attention. And you might not hear something right away, but down the road, somebody will say, hey, weren't you thinking of doing this? I've got this opportunity or whatever. So uh, I think if you start throwing things out there, people are going to be generous and you're going to find opportunities. And so one of the things I think or I hope to remember is to pay that forward, to be generous with my time and with opportunities and with connections and networking. And I love connecting people together, which... It's great because it reminds me of my or brings me to my next question from Ralton Emery, who is a friend of mine, who I would consider a connector. Uh, Ralton's question is, how do your goals allow you to help others with their goals? And that's an awesome question. Um, I've really developed uh, my personal life mission. I tell people this all the time is to make a difference, helping other people make their difference. You know, finally getting that focus off of me, focusing on other people. What can I do? Uh, to help other people that un- inspire other people or, or whatever. And sadly, some people are really skeptical or cynical of that. Um, but basically, it's setting aside myself to focus on other people and finding ways to use a platform to help other people make their difference. And uh, I know, Ralton, because you personally, I know that you like to ask people, you know, at the end of a conversation, you usually wrap up with, hey, is there anything I can help you with? What can I help you with? And I think that's huge. And I think that's a great um, attitude and mentality to have. Uh, The next question is, what's the connection between perspiration and inspiration? And I think I'd say perspiration is inspiration at work. (laughs) And together, they equal success. You're not going to have you're not going to have success unless perspiration is meeting inspiration. That's kind of a, that's the point where it all comes together. That's where success lives. Uh, another question from Ralton Emery. Why is Spanky's bread so sinfully good? Spanky's bread. For those of you who don't know, there's a cool place uh, over by Tennessee Tech University. Um, it's called Spanky's. Uh, and Ralton and I both went to Tennessee Tech and, um, the bread there is just amazing. They set it out on these platters just for the taking. It's just like free bread here, everybody, this deliciousness. Um, but one word for you, Ralton, one word, and not everybody's going to like this, but the reason that Spanky's bread is so sinfully good is one word, mayonnaise, mayonnaise, Ralton. All right. So what's the single greatest lesson I've learned and how will that lesson move you into setting goals? I don't know if it's a lesson. I guess it is. Um, But it's simply just two words, I can. Or if I want to make it appropriate for the listeners out there, it's you can. Set the goals and believe that you can. And I, I don't know why believing in ourselves is so hard sometimes, but it's important for us to believe that we can do something in order to get it done. Dan Shoemaker, how have you harnessed the drive and motivation and transformed it into deliberate action? You've gone from wanting goals to happen to actually doing them. How has changing yourself allowed uh, you to help others? You have become a man of action. Wow. Dan, that's awesome. I just really, really appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment there and the questions. I think in my case, there were several things at play. I will not lie. I think that fear of the unknown made a huge difference for for me. Um, I began to focus on my fear a little bit of not having done a lot of the things that I always wanted to try. Um, And then the motivation also came from a place of not wanting to fail. And so after it already took the leap of trying to do these things, I didn't want to give up or fail. Uh, And I'm not sure, 
hmm, that next part. I'm not sure about how changing myself allowed others to change, but I, I sure hope there's been something in my crazy antics and struggles and pursuits that has helped other people. And I do know that with every new opportunity, I meet more and more people. And so there are more opportunities right in front of me to serve and make an impact. Uh, Tamara Demetro. As the parent of a high school aged son, what recent experience do you recommend for teens? How have these recent experiences helped you relate outside your box? And the box, I'm assuming, is our comfort zone. Uh, I would say, honestly, the experience that I would recommend to teens, and they're often scared to do this because they're teenagers, uh, but it's really just to jump in and take an opportunity when it comes along to take a chance, to take a risk. It um, has definitely pulled me out of my comfort zone. Um, but there's that quote, um, is it a quote or a saying, uh, creativity and success happen outside our comfort zone. That's Or that's where the magic happens, outside our comfort zones. And so great things happen when we're willing to step outside our comfort zones. And all these things have given me some insight and perspective. And we think we know what it's like in other people's shoes, but we don't know until we get a glimpse of it. Sometimes we have to experience these things ourselves. Um, let's see. Nancy Hamilton had another question. I put it in a separate place. That's a great question. If you could invite any five people to dinner, who would it be? And with the caveat, if you found out they were coming and you only had an hour and you had to use what you had in your fridge at the moment, what would you do? Well, first of all, I would say it's the holiday season and we always have tons of cream cheese and sausage. seems like you can make all sorts of things with cream cheese, sausage, bacon, ham, just, I mean, just all these different meats. Uh, cream cheese is good with anything. I joke around with friends. I say you could put cream cheese on grass and it would be delicious. And then all those recipes that involve cream cheese for some reason are just really simple and you could do those very quickly so i'd probably be feeding people something along the lines of cream cheese and sausage mix it up together put it on some crescent rolls cook it for a few minutes i think i could probably do that pretty quickly so maybe more like finger food but still cream cheese cream cheese and sausage yum all right so who are the people well i broke it up into live people and people who have passed on so live people bono from u2 um i have a huge respect for bono i don't i don't necessarily agree with him on everything but i do believe that pretty much everything that that guy does comes from a good place i believe him to be authentic and he's really doing some awesome humanitarian things around the world i would love to meet that guy uh, Jimmy Fallon, oh my goodness, he makes me laugh. Um, he pokes fun with equal opportunity to everyone. And I don't get to watch him as much as I'd like to. Um, but I believe he's real. I believe he's authentic. Uh, I love just his silliness and his silly songs. I'd love to sing with him on one of his shows. I don't know if you've ever seen those segments where he just he gets a celebrity or whoever and they sing songs together. Uh, so much fun. But anybody who gets up and sings a Prince Purple Rain song or sings Prince's Purple Rain on this the Macy's um, Thanksgiving Day Parade deserves some applause. I don't know if y'all saw that this year, but um, Jimmy Fallon got up and, and performed it on a float. And uh, it was actually not not too bad, not too shabby, Jimmy Fallon. So I actually performed, I actually performed Purple Rain in high school. And I had no business doing that. <laughs> so anyone who does that has my respect. Uh, number three, 
uh, Bob Goff. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's an author and and someone I would refer to really as an influencer and just an all around great guy. He's a believer. Uh, we share the same faith, and I, you know, I don't know him personally at all, but he's one of those people that you feel like you do. You know, after you've read their books or you've seen them on social media and you've seen them speak in person and those kind of things, um, you just feel like you know them. Um, and, you know. I don't know. You just have a glimpse and insight in, in what it means to just be genuine and to love others without judgment. And that is something that Bob Goff does. And so I would definitely have Bob Goff over. So that's Bono, Jimmy Fallon, Bob Goff. Um, next is uh, one of my friends who I've never had over, uh, Amy Roloff. Uh, she's a friend of mine, but I have never had her over to my house. And I see her posting about her soup nights. And I've always wanted to go to a soup night. And so maybe I'd have my own soup night and I would invite Amy and she would come over. And because she's just an awesome person and she's an amazing bounce back kind of person. She loves people. She is unashamedly Amy and um, she never gives up on anything or whatever life throws at her. And I just love that about her. She's so giving and she does some awesome stuff. Um, it raises money for a variety of charities for kids and for hunger and all sorts of things. So I would have Amy over. And then the next person is Tim Tebow. Now, Tim Tebow, he's, he's another person that I just really admire for not giving up and kind of just, um, <laughs> you know, just doing whatever he says he's going to do and pursuing it and not worrying about what other people are thinking. And so he's tried lots of different things and it, you know, there's some things haven't worked out well, but things just, always seem to be looking up with Tim Tebow. Um, he also does a lot of things with uh, people with intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities. And so I, I appreciate that about him. But more importantly, I just like that part about him that just doesn't want to give up. And uh, kind of a neat story. We were at the same event. Uh, he was speaking at the event and I was covering the event. And uh, we were in rooms basically side by side, y'all. Basically side by side with glass doors, glass windows, I could see Tim. I could probably have reached out and touched him, but, <laughs> you know, giving him a high five or whatever. And, um, but I didn't get a chance to, didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, and, uh, but I will say that he just seems like a really, really nice guy travels with, you know, just an awesome family. And, uh, I don't know, just something about him, but I, you know, I also have a bonus pick for dinner. So those are the five that I would have over, but then I have one that I would love to have, and that is Jared Easley. Jared is founder of Podcast Movement. He also is a very genuine guy. He's a friend. We've gotten to know each other through the years, um, really in the online spaces. Uh, we have yet to meet in person, but he's someone I truly admire. And so actually one time, one time Jared was actually in my town having dinner at one of my favorite restaurants, just a few miles down the road. I didn't know it until after he was already gone. Uh, so I would have him over for dinner. Um, so that's a firm five plus a bonus. So I'd have six people <laughs> over for dinner, Nancy. <laughs> and uh, and then, oh, those are the live, the live people. And then people who have passed on, uh, I would definitely want to meet Martin Luther King Jr., Abraham Lincoln, Oswald Chambers, Edgar Allan Poe would be fascinating to have for dinner, and maybe Lucille Ball. I just think she was hilarious. She broke a lot of barriers for women in entertainment industry and really quite the businesswoman. She was highly respected. So um, those are people who passed on that I would have her. But no matter what, everybody get cream cheese, cream cheese and sausage, or cheese balls or something, anything with cheese and sausage. So um, the next question, Randy York says, Randy used to be the DA in our area, uh, great guy. Chester, how does weight loss factor in with your bucket list items? 
Yeah, I have to say that's a really great question. I, I would say probably, Randy, it is a, a means to an end or that I'm doing, I'm doing this, uh, the weight loss journey, so that I may be around longer for my family and longer to be able to accomplish and tick some of those things off my list. And so it's just important that I get myself together, um, that I'm consistent. Craig Goad, related to Craig, that is my brother. Um, do you have any plans or ambition to write another book? Yes. The last one I really feel like was rushed too much. It was all about just getting it done and saying that I'd done it. It was one of those bucket list or life list kind of things. Um, and, and so I, I did rush it. I'm, I mean, I really like it. I mean, I, I think it's useful. I've been able to speak about the book on um, that's purple people leader. Um, and, um, it's uh you know it's a, just a book on leadership and has a little bit of you know how do you handle politics in the workplace kind of thing um but it's um uh, you know it's i don't know I, I really like the book i wish i'd taken longer with it i will say so maybe i'll do a revamp of that someday but uh go ahead and get it you can get it on amazon <laughs> or um uh other places as well but yes i've got some ideas some definite plans to write a new book and just want to get some new content out there so that's a really good question so my brother asked a question then my sister had to ask a question too um my sister chrissy she says how is your faith factored in to the journey well i just have to say i could not have done anything this year or accomplished anything without my faith i am not a perfect person by any means i don't want to 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 give that um that notion, but my faith is a huge part of who I am. And so if it weren't for that, I'd probably never, never have started. And I likely certainly would have never finished. And um, so I bet again, I think all of this is kind of ongoing. I'm not quote finished, but you know what I mean? So I love the verse um, Corinthians nine twenty four. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize. And so, um, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Greta Phillips, what do you do to relax? How do you stay focused? Well, Greta, I need to relax more. <laughs> I truly, I you know, I will say, I uh, went to the movies yesterday, went to saw the new Star Wars. No spoilers here. It's a great movie. But um, I'm truly relaxed when I'm at the movies. Uh, and for some reason, you know, that staying focused part, it's a tricky, sticky one for me. I actually live with anybody who knows me knows that I live with attention deficit uh, disorder, ADD. Uh, and it actually helps me a lot with spontaneity and creativity, but it can also derail me or distract me pretty quickly from the end game. Um, but also coffee helps me focus. Um, getting into an environment where I can thrive helps me focus for me. Again, that's like a coffee shop. I, I like something with a little bit of noise, but it's got to be background noise those kind of things. And this last year really, you know, has been a year of focusing and staying consistent. And I would not have been able to do any of that without exercise. So um, definitely exercise and consistency are a huge part of that as well. Terry Cross. Um, Terry Cross is someone uh, I really admire. And uh, she asks, are there advantages to growing up in a small town? Uh, oh, yes, 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 there are. I believe there are advantages, advantages <laughs> to growing up in a small town. I think uh, I'm more giving and open to strangers. In fact, I don't think I've ever met a stranger. <laughs> and I think I can relax a little bit more sometimes. I know I just said I, it's, I have a hard time relaxing. I need to relax more. But I think um, I relax more 
easily when I get an opportunity to relax um, and that I have a heart for small things and an appreciation for people. And you learn a lot more about the importance of slowing down. And I think maybe that's why I desire to relax more because you know that it's important to slow down a little bit. Um, and at least if you like me and you move away from a small town, you also have an appreciation for that slower pace and an appreciation for small talk. And, you know, also I got to say the kind of support that comes from a small town too. So if you grew up in a small town, you know exactly what I'm saying. Most everyone is cheering you on uh, even when you move away. And there's something just really beautiful about that. People wanting other people to be successful and to share in victories and things like that. So small towns are really close. Um, I graduated um, high school with 60 people. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, uh, you know, and I, and I, I know all of them and I stay in contact with them. And there's just something about small town in that respect too. Virginia Bruce, what sort of wisdom did you get from, elders that you rely on today? Well, I think the thing I learned from elders that I rely on is that everyone matters and that everyone's opinion or idea should be heard. And to me, that's just called respect. Um, and then Candy Posey, do you ever do any vision casting or do you use goal boards or do you have mentors and uh, do you use prayer and things like that? Of course, prayer. Absolutely. Lots of prayer. <laughs> uh, it's so interesting you asked me this about vision casting, though, because I want, I want to take vision casting to the next level for me next year. But yes, I write everything down. Um, I've almost always written plans down, but I haven't always followed through. And so that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about this year, because I actually followed through some things. So I believe you have to write it down. I believe you have to share it with people, which is why I become more active on social media. Some people think that's that when you share too much on, you know, that oversharing on social media is not good. And I would agree that there are certain things you don't share. Um, but for me, it's about accountability. If you throw it out there for everyone, then you're going to be giving a lot more people a chance to call you out or to hold you to what you have said. And so in that sense, I beg for accountability because I do well with that. Uh, in the coming year, I'm really thinking more and more about that mentoring idea, maybe even surrounding myself with some people who can help um, hold me accountable. I was in some accountability groups when I was in college and they were just small, private, confidential things. They were trusting um, and they were really established to build up. And I think I need that. I think I need that in my life again. So I'll probably be uh, pursuing that a little bit. Um, and anyway, so, you know, um, as I wrap up, in addition to the overarching goal of losing some weight and getting healthier this year, uh, what I'm now referring to as leading myself well you see what I did there? Leading well, getting well, wellness. Um, I also ventured out into the workforce and <laughs> did some jobs that I'd always wanted to try or things that I've been curious about. I'm always seeking more opportunities. Um, so I'm just going to run through those really quickly. And if I forget anybody, I'm sorry. But I want to thank the folks at Grinder House Coffee for allowing me to work as a barista for a day. Uh, Y'all are great. Thanks to the previous owners, David Willier and the Willier family and the new owners, Asa and Angela. I hope that you, if you're driving through Crossville, if you live in Crossville, you'll give them a chance. What did I learn at Grinder House? Well, um, I think I learned the magic of local business and just that this special way that that feels um, to have locals coming in and supporting you. I also learned that 40% of the world's coffee comes from Brazil and that coffee is technically a fruit. Uh, and, oh, and did you know, uh, in the spirit of the holiday season, did you know that coffee was actually discovered by shepherds and dancing goats? So apparently shepherds noticed their goats were dancing after eating these berries out in the field or what we refer to them as beans, but they're really berries, remember, because coffee is actually fruit. And so the monkey, the, the monkeys, oh my goodness, the goats and the monkeys, the monks 
um, um, studied these. And so they made food and drink from them. And then they realized that it was helping them stay awake. So again, I think, you know, coming off the Christmas season, if we're wondering how those shepherds kept themselves awake so they could keep the, keep watch over those flocks at night, it was, may have been coffee. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, 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 that's the deal. That's the story with coffee. Uh, I also want to thank Victor Klein, um, a friend of mine, not only for naming cookies after me, but also for allowing me to work at his now former bakery, uh, Vic's Remember When. It was a memorable experience getting up at four in the morning, making my way to Gainesboro. Um, I will say, um, I I was reminded how rude some people can be when you're working customer service. There was a guy who came in. Most of the customers there were awesome, but there was a guy who came in with his wife, and he turned to my friend Victor, who was who owned the place at the time, and he pointed at me, and he literally said, "This y'all." Uh, he said, "Well, that's where all your profits are going. He's eating up all your profits," and. Um, I know that I was just kind of shocked. I know my friend Victor was shocked. And, uh, and you know, this was after it already lost 30 pounds that somebody was saying this. And so, but I just let it go. But I know it, it bothered my friend Victor. But it did remind me that uh, working with the public can be hard. And so one thing I always try to do is I try to leave good tips for people. I try to write good reviews for people, give compliments to management and staff on customer service. And I like to send personal emails and just tell people when they're doing a good job and let them know because sometimes that makes a big difference in their lives. And then also, uh, thanks to Best Friends Veterinary Clinic for letting me be a part of Animal Hospital for a day. Best Friends Animal Hospital. I, I truly love that. And I love the Warlick family for allowing me to do that. I love them anyway, but um, thanks for letting me do that. And I think working with animals, first of all, reminded me that people who choose to work with animals are really special people. Uh, I love animals. I have three dogs and two cats. And they're like members of our family. And so uh, it really reinforced the notion for me that the joy that pets bring us and that pets love unconditionally and that we could learn a lot from them. Anyway, I'm, I'm thankful for lots of opportunities for getting the chance to work on the set of CMT's Nashville. Um, definitely that was a lot of fun. Got a couple episodes coming up. I could easily be edited or blurred out. I uh, wasn't doing anything special on those, <laughs> on those episodes, but that was a cool opportunity. And also uh, for the cast and, and, and directors of Atlanta Homicide for giving me a chance at a speaking role um, episode to be coming in the future. So really, really excited about that. Um, and just thankful for a year of podcasting. And for those of you who listen, and thank you to my work family, and of course my my lovely wife Joy and my son, and for putting up with me as I pursue all these crazy things on my life list. And thankful to God for every breath. And I hope that this has in some way inspired you to do some things that you need to do. What do you need to do? What do you want to do? Don't be afraid to dream. Don't be afraid to take dreams to the next level and to make them happen because you you have a champion inside of you. You can totally do this. You can do this. And uh, so be thinking about what you'd like to do. And until the next episode, keep learning, keep leading, keep living, take a risk, make a difference, help others make their difference. And you will be so happy that you did. I promise. I promise. So we will see you next time on The Leader Bite. Thanks for listening to the Leader Byte Podcast, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at ChesterGo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.